This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Good afternoon to you. Wow, the 10th of May. A gorgeous Thursday afternoon. And of course, this is the DL Link show. And it is fabulous to be with you on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. I'm Nikki Seberini and I'll be with you for the next hour here on 101.9 High FM. And why mention the date? Well, because for those of you listening who are not mothers, but you are sons or husbands, um, uh, more sons or daughters, actually, not husbands, um, and you didn't know, this is the wake-up call, that Sunday is Mother's Day. I just thought I'd put it out there. It gives you a few days to plan and shop and... You know, actually, I think shopping is completely unnecessary, but I do think planning and preparing and doing something spectacular for your mother and for all the moms out there. Um, you can record this and you can just play it over and over and over again. And I think eventually someone will get a hint and hopefully it'll be a fantastic Mother's Day because it is. It is Mother's Day. And what is Mother's Day all about? I mean, should we have Mother's Day every day? Should there be one day where we honor the mother? And what are we honoring in the mother? Are we honoring the woman who um, for nine months carried a life in her womb, grew a human being in her body, birthed the human being? Are we honoring the mother who woke up in the middle of the night to feed, to change nappies? Are we honoring the mother who put her life um, as it was on hold so that she could bring this child into the world and kind of turn this this little being into a human being that could cope with everything that life throws at it. And not always putting everything on hold. How about juggling a million balls? How about being the mother, being the carer, being the homemaker and being the businesswoman? What is it? So many roles. Juggling, juggling, juggling. George Washington once said, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. Beautiful, beautiful. So today we're honoring women. We're honoring mother. We're honoring daughter. We're honoring because I have to think of on the Sunday when it is Mother's Day, how many children are going to be thinking about mothers who have passed um, because of a terminal illness? How many mothers are thinking of children who have passed because of terminal illness? And so we're going to have an extraordinary mother and daughter who's going to share her story. She has been on the show before, Stacey Richter-Cohn. We're going to be looking at her angle, being a daughter, being a mother, losing a mother. And then we're going to hear it from a male's perspective. Um, and what is it to have a mother in the family who is ill? Um, and how do you as a husband cope with that? So it's honoring mother, honoring wife, um, honoring woman. Um, and I hope that you enjoy the journey that we're going to be going along um, for the next hour. The lines are open. If you want to Send a message out there, a mother. Um, if you want to put a beautiful message out there, please do. It can be a mother who's living. It can be a mother who has passed. We'd love to hear from you. So the SMS line is 34519. That is 34519. Or you can contact us directly in the studio. 
010-140-3020. We always love to hear from you. 010-140-3020. And just before I do start, Jill Churchill once said, and I think, I think this is so very true because sometimes being a mother, we want to do well all the time, but it's not always possible. And Jill Churchill said, there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. I think that's possibly the quote of the day for me. So um, let me um, introduce our warrior. She's, as I said, been on the show before. She's a breast cancer warrior, Stacey Richter-Cohen. Stacey, lovely to have you on the show once again. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? So <laughs> excited! Oh well, we're so excited that we've got you on the show, and thank you for taking time out. We've had you on the show before. You have such a story to share. Your journey, um, you know, fighting breast cancer, and then being the daughter of a mother um, who had cancer and, and passed from that. So, Stace, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, please do share your story with us. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. Thank you for staying with us. Our warrior today, Stacy Richter Cohen. Stacy, just before the break, I said we've heard part of your story. How are you? How's your health? How's life? How is everything in your world? Sure. How, well, where do we begin? <laughs> now, everything's everything's good. Thank goodness. I'm healthy. Thank God. I'm busy. I'm busy being a mom, a wife, working. You know, as you you said earlier, how does one juggle everything? Mm. Mm. There is actually no answer. Mm. Um, you know, while I was going through my treatment back at that time, I had little kids, and you kind of just go on. Roller coaster mode, and we actually all on roller coaster mode. Mm. So that's why thinking about it, when you said honouring your mothers on Sunday for Mother's Day, it actually gives you that moment to actually just be in the moment and just slow down and and recognise what mothers actually do. You know, we we are juggling so much in today's time. Just not, I'm not talking about overcoming illnesses, but just generally on just the whole, there's just so mm. much going on in mm. our lives mm. every single day. So uh, just giving that, that time on Sunday just to actually take a breath. Mm. and just slow down mm. and step back. Yeah. I like the message that's come through because, first of all, it allows others to help you slow down, those around you, Absolutely. and to acknowledge what you do. But I quite like taking time out and acknowledging yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you know, like you, do, you do, as a mom, have to, at some point, put yourself first. Because if you're not okay... Everyone else around you is not okay. Mm. So you do, as selfish as it is sometimes, but it's self-preservation. You actually do need to put yourself first. Most of us don't because we run in circles around everyone else. Mm. But you do need to at some point. Well, you know, when you're on the airplane 
and the safety video comes on and they talk about the oxygen falling from above yes. and they say, put the oxygen mask on your face first because exactly. then you can help others. So, exactly. so, so bearing that in mind, I want to ask you because you've said you had two young kids, you had cancer every yes. day. It was a struggle on a physical level, on an emotional level. How did you Put the mask on your face so that you were healing, but be there as a mother. How, how did you juggle that, Stacey? You know, you know, it is very hard. There's no, a lot of people ask me, how did I actually get up every day, deal with a five-year-old and a two-year-old? And I had a sick mother at the time, and I was working. So, so a lot of people say to me, how did, you, how did I actually do it and get up? Mm. The reason being is you want love. You fight for your life. Mm. I had my children. You fight for your children. Mm. You want to get up every day. You want to carry on. There's life, life at the end of the tunnel. But it's not a quick, easy fix. You know, there are people who who, who really battle when they are faced life-threatening illnesses, but they don't have that inner strength to get up and go. But somehow for me, I used to hear my children's voices in the house, mm. and I used to say, just get up. Get up. Put your my put my makeup on when I was pale in the face. Get up. Just put my makeup on, and just go for a walk around the block. Just get some fresh air, and just that being able to get up and get dressed every morning. Then I actually felt okay, and then I could cope with the day. Really? So I kind of felt like okay, I'm getting that fresh air. It's not as bad as what I thought. Yes, I might have felt physically ill, and then you come back and you don't have the energy to carry on. But I used to also take it one hour at a time. I didn't even I didn't even take it a day at a time. Really? I deal with the hour and how I felt for the hour. Wow. Okay, what am I going to get done in this hour? Is it going to be going for a walk? Is it going into work? What am I actually going to be able to cope with? And then I also gave myself allowances if I wasn't feeling okay. Mm. Go back home and climb into bed, which is also okay. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, we're also very hard on ourselves that you kind of feel like people also tell you, oh gosh, you're so strong, you're so strong, you're amazing. But you also don't have to be all the time. So it's actually taking that step back. And even though you want to show you strong all the time, you want to feel strong that it's okay not to be once in a while. Have an hour to yourself, an hour in in bed, whatever it may be. Um, But I I must be honest, it was my children, my family, my husband around me that actually gave me the strength to get up every single day, you know, dealing with a life-threatening illness. Um. And also you just fight because you just want to live. Yeah. As you say, you want, I love that. I love that. You want life and that's what it is. And I'm interested, I'm interested to know because you talk about the allowances. If you're not feeling okay, climbing into bed. And I think it's a really important message for people who are listening right now. But the mother, because you don't want your children to get scared. You don't want your children to see another side or do you? Or is that a life lesson? And, and is it dependent on their age? How did you cope with that? So when you weren't feeling well, and you climbed into bed. Were your kids in bed with you? Were they aware of it? My children were very little. Thank goodness I was grateful at the time. My son did understand a little bit more than my daughter. My daughter just said, I thought I had a bit of flu and mom just lost her hair with some flu, Mm -hmm. which was probably a better thing at the time. Mm -hmm. My son understood more. But what I did do is I took the little bit of information that I could without making him feel too afraid to tell him that his mom was very sick, but his mom was going to be okay. okay. And I used to say to him that the medicine that they, was, they were giving me, which is the chemotherapy, radiation, 
was actually getting rid of, I explained it in, you know, little boy's terms. It was getting rid of the horrible germs inside my body. That's what's making me actually look and feel sick, but I'm going to be fine. And I kept reassuring him because I knew I was going to be fine, that I was going to be fine. Mm. And now, five years down the line, I have the most amazing children who are so empathetic. They are so sympathetic towards other people who are facing illness or challenges. <laughs> they are they are mature beyond their years. Somehow they, 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 they have a deep understanding for it. And I think it's because I was so open in the way that I could mm. within reason towards, obviously, the age that they were at. How, um, old, how old are they now? So now my son's 13 and my daughter's kids are going to be 11. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So now they're at the age where they're asking a lot more questions because at the time they couldn't ask as many questions. So now my son's asking a lot more questions about what actually happened. In the past, um, the when you were ill. In the, when I was ill and the stages of the illness and how did I get through it? You know, now he wants those answers. Mm. And how how do you handle that? Because, again, you don't want him to all of a sudden be awake to this terrible fear. Exactly. But, but exactly. it's an awareness. Again, it's awareness and it's a conversation. And these conversations are important because in life things happen and you want to be equipped. Exactly. So how are you coping it's, it's, you with know, that? It's basically I, I, I will explain to him how hard it was. I will tell him how difficult it was to get up and not be able to take him to school. Mm. At the time, he didn't realize why I couldn't take him to school. Mm-hmm. Now, I explained to him why I couldn't be there for certain things, um, why it was so difficult, how I actually got through the days, but then also to not make him too afraid. And I think it helped him having fear as I am at the moment that one can overcome a life-threatening illness. You know, it's not a death sentence. At the time, he might feel it's a death sentence. And for him, him seeing how I am at the moment, that I overcame all of it, um, the, the treatment, my several operations, um, that even though there are some days I'll also explain to him, even though I say, you know, I get very tired. It's the after effects of chemotherapy, but it's okay. And it's okay to feel tired. It's okay to, to feel tired as a mother, just generally, you know, just to have that time out. And so I try and explain that to him mm, mm. that that you know it's okay. It is all okay. Yeah. Does he ask the question? Will it come back? He does ask that, and I do think that that, that he does live in a little bit of that fear. Mm-hmm. There are those moments, those times when I am say lying on my bed, and he will tend to ask me, "Mum, are you okay?" Are you okay? You Mm. know, there probably is that little bit of that fear Mm. because the reality, you can't hide the reality of everything. We don't know. There are no guarantees Mm. in life. We don't know. Does it come back? Does it not? It's such a lucky packet, um, cancer. You know, we just don't know. Mm. Um, So I do explain to him how, unfortunately, with my my mom, who did reoccur second time, so he does have that fear, is my mom going to get it again? Is, is she going to go through the same thing again? I don't hide that from him. Yeah. I'm very open about when I go for my checkups. There's a reason why I'm going for my checkups. I want to stay ahead of the game. Um, you know, I'm quite open with him to to just make him reassure him that it's okay to be a little bit worried, but that his mom's okay. Hmm. 
Listen, we're going to take a break, but I do want to say this beforehand. So there's an awareness in your son, as you say. So there could be yes. an anxiety in that he asks the question. Yes. But he's so conscious of you. He's so appreciative. You know, we, we do take things for granted. We wake up in the morning and we just expect that we're going to take a deep breath and we are going to be able to breathe, that our body Absolutely. is going to function. And so sometimes we can walk out the door and we don't say, I love you and goodbye and a hug or whatever. Not because we may not see that person again, but because we want to extract everything we can out of a moment. You know, that's how we should be living, but we don't. And so just on the flip side of your son, I just wanted to put it there that, you know, he's he's in that moment of taking, extracting all the moments that you have together. And I think that's a very beautiful thing. I think, you know. I think it's an incredible thing that, yeah. Let us take a break, Stacey. We will be back. Do not go anywhere. This is LifeLinks with a DL link. Walking with Warriors. 101.9 101.9 High FM. This is the DL Link Show. Um, I'm Nikki Seberini and it's Mother's Day just around the corner and we are honoring mothers and we're looking at it from the DL Link perspective. We're looking at a, a mother who has been diagnosed with a terminal illness. We're looking at losing a mother. We're looking at being a mother and losing a child. We're looking at all aspects. And if you'd like to contribute to the show, please do give us a call 0101403020 or you can SMS us on 34519. Stacey Richter-Cohen is on the line. She is our warrior, a breast cancer warrior, and talking about having young children and having cancer and that really what her driving force was, her, her desire, her want, her fight for life. So, Stace, welcome back. Thanks so much for staying with us. Um, I want to talk about, I mean, we've spoken about being the mother, how you handled it, now your children, now being the daughter, because you lost your mom. Yes. So let's talk about that. You know, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, when you lose a mom, you lose your mom, your mom, you know, how do you explain it? Mm-hmm. for me, it was very difficult at the time because I was trying to overcome my illness at the same time. So for me, it was kind of a double whammy when I lost my mom. So were you, were um, you, sorry, Stay, so, so did this happen while you were in treatment? I had just finished my treatment mm-hmm. and then my mom passed away. Okay. Yeah. So sure. we actually went through treatment her second round. And while I was going through chemotherapy at the same time. Mother and daughter. Mother and daughter. Sure. On this journey. The right. craziest thing is, and, and, and people, and you know, it's very hard to understand. Please God, nobody will ever go through it. Is we formed an amazing bond. She understood exactly what I was going through. Yeah. And then I had a deeper understanding of what she had been through. Yeah. Whereas at the time when she was first previously ill 15 years ago, I, I was carrying on with work and running around and couldn't really, not that I couldn't be bothered, but I was in my 20s and just getting on with life. Mm. And I didn't actually understand the struggle she was going through mm. until I was sick myself. So... Having lost my mom, she taught me so many life lessons on actually how to cope through my illness Mm -hmm. and then how to also recover from the illness. 
And and Stacy, when your mom, when your mom, and just before your mom passed, um, did it bring things up with you, knowing that you had just finished your treatment with your kids? How, how did you cope from that perspective, seeing you know the when 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 the journey comes to an end, and and that happening with your mom? Yeah, for for me, it's very hard. I had to get my head around it, mm-hmm. but I felt her illness, unfortunately. With some people, are, I believe, are, are, are given this challenge of facing a life-threatening illness with a purpose at the end. There's yeah. some sort of purpose. Yeah. You either to help others or your own self-purpose, whatever it may be. For her, unfortunately, I felt like her illness was just there and just made her ill. That, that was it. And her time, her life, she had an amazing life. She had traveled the world. She saw her grandchildren. So for her... Her life had to come to an end. Yeah. The illness, un- unfortunately, physically had taken over her body. Then I got my head around, no, this is not happening to me. Okay. This is not my journey. Mm-hmm. Completely separate journey. My journey, I know that I did not get this illness just to be sick and then for it, my life to end. There's a bigger picture. Right. And I used that, so taken what had happened with my mom and then my illness, to then move forward with my life. And you inspire other people. You go and you give talks and you, you help people all the time yeah. from your um, experience. Try, yeah, absolutely. We can only try. You know, there's so many of us. There are so many moms, more or less my age group, that are, have faced the same thing as me. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many warriors out there. Not everyone is as, as outspoken. Not as many people want to talk about their journey. Some people are very private. For me, I found talking about my journey actually helped me. Really? It helped me recover. Mm-hmm. recover. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so by me speaking, by me going to speak to women who've been sick, women coming to me, phoning me, saying, oh, my God, I've just been diagnosed. What am I meant to do? For me, this, that's my purpose. I, I definitely believe that I got this for some sort of reason to help mm-hmm. sure. and turn it all around. Hmm. Wow, is all I can say. So oh, let me ask you. you. So, so no, but it's incredible. I, I love, I love when when you can take something like this and, and see a greater purpose and then turn it and, and give back. It's it's fantastic. Says so one last question because it is yes. Mother's Day, and so you are a mother, and you're going to be celebrating with your kids and celebrating life and this journey, and but also you're going to be thinking. About your mom who has passed. Absolutely. How? What? What is Mother's Day for you? Is it more sad? Is it more of a celebration? What's your experience of of Mother's Day? You know, I always wake up now on Mother's Day with that kind of a, a little bit of an empty feeling. Mm. You know, I see my, my my friends with their moms and with the grandchildren, so I do have that sense of look, that loss, which is so normal, and and just a little bit of that void. But then I see my children. And then I say, I'm a mother. Yeah. I've got to celebrate being a mother. I've got to celebrate the years I had with my mom, mm. which I had some amazing years with her. She was an amazing mom. We mm. were very close. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, I will wake up. I always wake up with that little bit of a boy. But then we carry on, look at kids, look at the life I'm gonna ha- I have with them, look at the day I'm going to have with them. You know, you know, we turn it around. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. enjoy the day 
um, enjoy doing nothing, yeah. actually, which will be the time out. Listen, hopefully there'll be break. Hopefully there'll be, and I'm saying this very slowly so everyone hears. Hopefully <laughs> there'll be breakfast in bed. Well, I don't know so much because I'm taking my kids to a nice big walk on Sunday uh, morning. So, uh, shame <laughs> on you. Shame on you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be with them. And then I'll come home, and then we'll get to work afterwards. Okay, all right, a delicious lunch. I don't know. We'll put it out there. Exactly, but, exactly. But have a fabulous exactly. day, Stacey. And thank um, you so much. Gee, thank you for sharing that and just being so inspiring. And and you know, Sunday is a it's a celebration, and and you know that empty feeling turns to the celebration of the life that you had with your mom. She just sounds like Absolutely. she was an incredible woman. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Stace. Take care. Thanks for coming on to the show. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Stacey Richter-Cohen, a a true warrior, finding a huge purpose. Um, Her journey um, with breast cancer, going and helping other people, losing her mother along the way, and when they, you know, having treatment at the same time, giving her a greater insight into her mother's journey. We never understand why. We can only go along um, and try and extract as much meaning as we possibly can. Um, yeah, and, and I found another great quote for mothers on, you know, looking forward to a wonderful Mother's Day. And Maya Angelou, well, who doesn't love Maya Angelou? And she said, to describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in its perfect power. Or the climbing, falling colors of a rainbow. Isn't that magnificent? In fact, I wish I could just get my sons and put them down and say, how would you describe me? And I don't know if I'd actually want them to now that I've asked that question. Would they describe me as the perfect hurricane or the hurricane out of control? I'm not entirely sure. But we'll continue here on 101.9 High FM. I am so delighted to have Gavin Novus in the studio. He's a professional speaker. He's a trainer. He's a coach. And he's the president of PSA. Johannes, Johannesburg PSA. Um, so, Gavin, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Thanks, Nikki. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. So, you know, we're, we're honoring mothers and yes. women, and we're looking at it, you know, so uh-huh. Stacey's the mother. Um, she has the kids. She's the warrior. She's lost a mother. So it's a big day for her on Sunday. And it's a big day for you too. So it's lovely that we're hearing it from a husband's point of view and a father's point of sure. view as well. Wow, what a journey you have been on and your family. Most certainly. Nikki, firstly, Stacey, thank you so much. Uh, sitting here with hair crawling and uh, mm. uh, getting on edge was absolutely incredible. And congratulations on your battle and for the message that you've given to everyone. Uh, Nikki, the, it's it's so important that we're speaking about mothers, and we so it's so important that we're speaking about daughters, and we're speaking about it from the female perspective. And uh, they are the warriors. Sometimes what we forget is the people who left behind. Uh, so everyone's story. I remember my late wife Janice always saying that um, everyone's story was different, yet it was the same. Mm. And it is. It is. Mm. It is different, but it's the same. And and there's such a parallel with with Stacy's story, yet it's so different. Yeah. Because what happened was, uh, and my daughter hates me talking about this, and I have to apologise up front because my daughter Lee just doesn't want to be known ever as the girl who had cancer. Mm-hmm. So please forgive me, Lee. Please, uh, but I'm being asked the questions, mm-hmm. so I have to answer it. Mm-hmm. And um, Lee survived. Um, her mom didn't and the, the way it happened was I remember up until about 2009 oh what a life I mean, I'm just 
wonderful in every way. Mm. Um, Blessing. Oh, just, just, yeah. I used to come home and think, I'm in heaven already. And then an earthquake hit. We were away on holiday and my daughter was just feeling ill. She, uh, she was losing weight. She was looking beautiful. She was dancing. Um, normal growing pains of a young girl in the northern suburbs. How of old at the time? Sorry she would have been 13. Okay. She would have been 13. Okay. And um, I remember, uh, um, Nikki, I was, uh, I was doing four days of uh, conferencing down in Umschlange. And I just finished with two days and uh, 200 people per day. And I got back to my hotel up on the top of the mountain over there. And I'd collapse down. And you'd know what it's like, mm. the energy you've put in. Mm. And the telephone rings. And it's a specialist saying, um, called me Gavin. He said, Gavin, you need to get home. Your daughter's got cancer. I don't even remember mm. cancelling 400 people. I, I don't think I did cancel 400 people. I don't remember the drive from Schlanger to... The, the airport in those years was in the south of uh, of Durban. Mm. I do remember dinging the car, <laughs> the hired car when did I got you? there. I did. Yeah. And then I do remember being hysterical in the middle of the airport and passing out. And however long, long afterwards, um, a medic around me saying, we've got to take you to hospital. I said, no, please, just get me home. Really, Gavin? Uh, this was it. Uh, this was. was just getting me home. And I, I don't remember getting home, but I do remember going to the hospital. And Rosebank Hospital, and there was my daughter being examined, and all that I can remember in her body was just these dirhams. That's the only way I could possibly explain them. And what was so hurtful for me at that time, and, and, and for her mom as well, is at the moment my daughter was born, I swore that nothing, nothing ever would harm or hurt my daughter. And that was my sure, wake-up call. Sure, that was setting yourself up, eh? Well, that was my wake-up wow. call for realizing you control Not God. nothing. Mm, mm. In actual fact, you don't even have the no, power. No. All that you have is the potential to make choices. Yeah. And um, nonetheless, uh, yep, it, it was confirmed at that stage as stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, part of it was that my, my late wife, uh, the Janice, what a warrior she was. And her fortitude and her dedication and her commitment. And I can remember us running upstairs almost on a, on a daily basis. And, and I have to admit this is I used to run upstairs just wanting to see that my daughter was still alive. Mm. And then having to inject her daily so that she could have uh, stem, what's it, uh, blood stem cell harvesting. Uh, blood, uh, stem cell harvesting, mm -hmm. I beg your pardon. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, it was just horrid. And then, what was it? What was the prognosis? What did the doctors well, it say? It was stage four. Yeah. It was stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. The, the prognosis was good, and um, uh, Doctor Janet Poole from uh, Charlotte Macheco Hospital, she said to to Lee, "We are not, we are not treating you for cancer. We are beating cancer." And that's, the, the a, that's a that's a different game altogether. And, and, yeah? and this was the attitude of my daughter. My, my daughter, as a thirteen-year-old, saying. My wife and I saying, why Lee? And my daughter saying, well, why not me? Where does that come from, from a 13-year-old? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, that is incredible. It, really, is, it is incredible. But all, Was she fearful at all? Did oh, she yes. Ever, did she ever say, I am scared? What of is going to happen? Of okay. course she did. Okay. Oh, no, of course she did. Uh, uh, to lose her long hair, to... Uh, to be sick, uh, Stacy spoke about the chemo and mm. the radiation mm. and to go through all of that and... and the hair falling out and growing back and the friends rallying around her. And when she was finally announced in remission, 
After we, how long? Sorry. Oh gosh, I don't remember okay. dates. You know what they say about dates in a calendar? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you. If you <laughs> I don't. I, I'll tell you this one. There, there's this. Uh, I think he's Swedish. A Swedish philosopher, Kurt von Nogut. And forgive me if okay. I pronounce it incorrectly. He says that Nogut sounds good. Nogut. Yeah, for, I'll for, go with Nogut. Von von Nogut. Oh, von Nogut. We'll, we'll, we'll go with von we'll, Nogut. We'll go with von Nogut. <laughs> and he, he tells the story of a professor who um, was asked this riddle. He said, "If you were trapped in a room with only a calendar and a bed." How would you survive? And his answer was, I would feed from the dates of the calendar and drink from the springs of the bed. Oh, and, oh. and and I think this was this was this was us. It it, it was mm. it was. I date. love that. That's wonderful. Uh, mm. it, 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 everything was dates. You yeah. know, and even when we look back, and she's fantastic today. She's absolutely my daughter's fantastic. And reach for a dream stepped in. And uh, D.L. Link stepped in. Uh, and, you know, I want to say to everyone, I know this is the D.L. Link show, and I'm not being paid to promote D.L. Link in any way. But you know what? How D.L. Link steps outside of themselves and, and helps people in whatever struggles they're facing. Give back, people. Give back. Because every single one of us has our story. Mm. And as every single one of us has our story, it's the same, but it's different. Um, I, I don't mean to jump around. I'm, I, I want to tie this all in. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will. I, I hope know I'm, you. Well, listen, I'm just listening. You, you're the one on the delicious kites. I'm loving it. I'm following you. My delicious kites. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come down to I'm earth. I'm following. Sometime. I'm following. I need no, to come down to not earth. At all. So I need to come down to earth. But the strings are being pulled. <laughs> the strings I understand. Are there, the baby. strings are being pulled. I understand. <laughs> Nikki. Um, and uh, the 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 just the most incredible incredible thing is that. The more we give, the more we treat people as though they are our friends, as a deal link, as a reach for a dream does, as, and I must say this as well, as 101.9 megahertz high FM uh-huh, does as well, uh-huh. as they give, so we should give as well. Yeah. As a Stacy gives, as Stacy gave, we should give oh, as well. Oh. And as my daughter gave and then my wife, um, what happened with Janice was... Um, a few months after uh, Lee was announced to be in remission, Janice just went and had her what her her checkup, and I got this phone call from her saying, "Gavin, you're not going to believe it." And I said, "Well, I'll believe anything." You know, me and my humour. She says, um, "I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. I've got breast cancer." Now, there was never. There was no sign of it in our family beforehand, not through the generations, as far as as far as I know. Cancer was just not there. It wasn't part of your story. It wasn't well, part it of our story. With your with with Lee. But it wasn't there before. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is yeah, where did this know, come from? Yeah. So was it my chromosomes? Was I responsible? Was it karma? Uh, is this where your mind went? Where, where, my, where my blame. mind Blame yeah. Oh no, recrimination, mm. blame mm. Uh, What ifs mm. Let's take a break on the what ifs We're going to be right back Thank you This is Life Links with a DL Link this is the DL Link Show on 101.9 High FM. I'm Nikki Seberini, and uh, 
we're just a few days away from Mother's Day. We are honoring moms. We are looking at what it is to be a mother who is on a journey as a cancer warrior, to be a mother who's lost a child to cancer or another terminal <laughs> illness. And what does Mother's Day mean when you've had that experience? We started off with um, Stacey Richter-Cohen, and right now we have Gavin Novus in the studio um, sharing his story. Um, and just before, Gavin, just talking about Janice calling and saying, you won't believe it, but I've, I have breast cancer. And as you say, all of a sudden, where does your mind go? Is it me? Is it where was, where is it from? And how does it happen? And how do you possibly come to terms with your wife being diagnosed with cancer just after your child has gone into remission? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what was your state of mind at that point? My state of mind at that point was not to be angry. That was that was the single most. You important. were very conscious of not going there. I, I, I was very conscious of not going there, and I was also very conscious of being in the moment. Mm-hmm. I was very conscious of being in the moment. That didn't stop me from uh, having the carpet swept out from under my feet. It didn't stop any of us from having the carpet swept out under our feet. Um, I think as well there was hope because Lee had survived. Mm. Lee had beaten this. Yeah. Lee had beaten As the doctor it. said, it's not, we're not, what, fighting cancer? What did the doctor say to Lee? We're beating it. We're beating it. Lee yeah. had beaten it. Mm. And here was, here was Janice, her mom, who, uh, look, <laughs> when I, when I think, when I think of Janice, any time that I think of Janice, the love that I feel, mm. it's, it's, it's so difficult to, to define. Mm. Now there's an important thing over here. Am I moving on? Yes, I'm moving on. And the difference between me and the calendar, by the way, is that calendars have dates. So <laughs> this is not the day. This is not Nikki Severini's yes. dating show. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, the fact is, am, am I moving on? Yes, I'm moving on because that's the important thing. We had to move. All of us had to move. There was no such thing as being stagnant. Mm-hmm. There, there, there was no such thing as saying this has beaten us. We spoke about it. We spoke about it that we... Where did you we and fi- Janice. Janice and I, we spoke about really? it all the time. We, did you? We did. What Janice, though, and this is where she was different uh, to Stacy, is Janice didn't like sharing her story. She was masterful at... I, I, I don't want to use... Uh, let's say hiding. She, she, she was masterful at keeping it within. As in how she was feeling about the mm. illness or... People even being aware that she was and Ill. or both and or both okay. and or both, and um, Lee is the same, um, and I am. I'm apologising, Lee, that I'm talking about this. If you're listening, um, that so so we spoke about it. Her and I spoke about it. Um, I was sleeping in the bed with her. Mm. Uh, her and I were having a normal marriage. Mm. So a, a normal marriage with its ups and its downs and its wonderments and its confusions and mm. crosswords spoken and helplessness. Mm. And that was the big thing is it wasn't about fear. Yes, it was. But it was more about fear coupled to a sense of helplessness. Mm. What do we do? So the option was we face it. And she faced it. Janice faced it. But cancer got sneaky. So the Janice went through the mill, the, the, the entire mill, mm. decided that radical double mastectomy was, the, bo- was the, the most important. And my darling wife said to me the one time, she said, Gav, do you miss my breasts? 
And I said, my darling, I'll miss you more. And I mean, mm. how fateful was that mm. to be? <laughs> and um, she went through, oh, I, I, this was from 2011. And she battled until, until Yom Kippur on 2016 when she died. On Yom Kippur. Yeah. And, I, and the rabbis have explained to me its significance. And, and yes, maybe God was reclaiming an angel. Maybe that is what it actually was. Um, or what it actually is. I don't know. I, I, who, who understands fully death? Who, uh, who fully understands? We don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. We, we don't, yet it is. As life is, so, so is, is death. death. Yeah. I hope I'm not quoting someone. I apologize if I've quoted anyone. I, I love it, <laughs> regardless. Thank you for saying it. <laughs> it's, yes. it's coming, just, it's coming it's from coming. the right place. Mm. And, um, and, and then what happened was, I don't remember how, after how many interventions where the, the cancer cell counts came down and the blood started normalizing and they didn't. Cancer changed its nature. It metastasized in her liver. And she wasn't a candidate for operation for numerous reasons. So the only thing they could do was something called brachytherapy. Mm. That was the choice. Yeah. Where the, the implanting of these beads yes. that radiate from the inside. Yes. And uh, if memory serves me correctly, she went through two or three sessions of brachytherapy. And it worked. It didn't work. It worked. It didn't work. It was up and down all it the time. It was up and down. And then it changed its nature again. And let's not forget, Janice was a pharmacist. She was a research pharmacist. She researched everything. Not, not the stuff where you talk about, you know, I can take a herb and put a herb in me. And If there was the right herb, she would, she would try the herb. Mm -hmm. In fact, with love, there was some psychedelic stuff that she yeah. tried, yeah. <laughs> which was hysterical. Uh -huh. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh -huh. And um, she researched everything, and she tried everything and anything. But the cancer was determined. It was determined. And as this happened, and this is what I say, is very often the people on the sidelines are the ones that are left helpless. Because what do you do? Mm. <laughs> what do you do? No, you feed off the springs of the bed. You, you drink from the springs of the bed. You, you live the calendar. Mm. You, 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 you exist. You support. You love. You believe. Mm. Um, you hope. see. You, you, you hope. You, yeah. you, you hope. And... Hope dashes towards you. Hope dashes out the door. It it does all of these things. the The important thing is you cannot, you dare not give up hope. And even though cancer changes nature again with her, it now went into her frame. And so she into a skeleton, into a skeletal yeah, frame. Yeah, it went yeah. into a skeletal frame, and from. Um, from that, I mean, I mean, she had to stop her work. And while stopping her work, she didn't stop being Janice. She didn't stop being the mother. She didn't stop being the carer. She didn't stop being the protector. I didn't stop what I was doing, whatever that was. But I was doing the best that I could. And sometimes I was doing it well, and sometimes I was doing it awfully. And sometimes I was saying things that... I. I looked back on when I looked through my recovery mm. and I said, how could I do that? And yes, people, it's okay to go to a psychologist. It's okay to go through dialectical behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's okay to not be okay. Mm. It's okay to take medication. Mm. And it's not okay not to listen to your doctor and to mm. listen to your friends who all think they know better. Mm. You know, I don't believe in medicine. I don't believe in this. 
Well, that's like saying I don't believe there's water. Mm. I don't believe there's air. Mm. Because you need air to breathe. Mm -hmm. And then what all of these things do, all of the, um, the help that you seek and all of the help that you go through, the most important thing, and I, and I need to put this quite forcefully, shut up and listen. Don't just hear to answer and to speak. Listen to understand. And if you can, and when you do understand, that's the time to speak and to speak out loud. And when I say speak out loud, you don't have to be a professional speaker. But speak out loud to your friends. Speak out loud to your mothers. Speak out loud to your husbands. Speak out to people and just tell them that you love them. Mm. Don't be... Let go of the anger, mm. because the more angry you are, the more sneaky this damn cancer becomes. Mm. And in the same way, I'm not saying that Jan was angry. I don't believe she was angry. Cancer was just more determined. Yeah. Kind of like what Stacy said, yeah. you know, her mom, that's cancer, just got her. The cancer just, that's what happened. Can I blow your socks off? Can we just, yeah, uh, yes. Can I blow your socks yes. off? Yes. Blow my socks off. July of 2016, I wasn't feeling well. I go and I have a whole lot of tests, and they found a tumor on my left kidney. No. Called renal cell carcinoma. I, but, I can't believe it. <laughs> but no, we didn't believe it either. But it's okay. I had it ablated, which basically means they microwaved it and entrapped it. Yes. And I'm absolutely fine. I had the option they can take the kidney out. I said, no, I don't want the kidney out. Mm -hmm. uh, like my kidney. Well, I, yeah, I, well I, I haven't really met it. but <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it served you well, apart from the bit of a problem later on but uh, yeah but it, it's fine you know I go and you're and I, okay now uh, uh, you are you talking about my kidney or am I okay both actually I'd like to think that you're all connected <laughs> <laughs> it depends where the kites are flying doesn't <laughs> where those, it <laughs> where those, let's reel them in let's take a break Gavin we're going to be right back this is Life Links with a DL link the DL link show Gavin Novus um in the studio with us, Gavin. Wow. So your kidney, there was cancer. Your wife, as you say, it was just changing the cancer all the time. Your daughter in remission. And I was just saying it's so wonderful having someone who can express themselves with such ease because I think people who are listening, it's almost like you're helping them process things because you're certainly helping me process things. But I, I just want to quickly go back because you said that you and Janice spoke a lot about things mm. and then you emphasized hope, how important hope is and never giving up hope. And so her cancer progressed and progressed until eventually she had it in her bones. Mm. Was there a point, Gavin, when you and her had the conversation about death? Or is having the conversation about death meaning you've given up hope? And how can you bring death into the conversation so that it's something that is comfortable and is something that you've come to terms with? Nikki, I don't really know the answer to that final, that final part of the question. Your experience? Yes, no, sure. Uh, what, what I can say was my experience was that... Um, if, they, if, we were, if we were talking a balance between the two of us, um, I might have been 51% more inclined to talk about it than what she was. Okay. Um, uh, yet, in, in a marriage and when you're confronted with something as big as this, it's, it's not something that you talk about often. And with Janice's privacy inclination, mm -hmm. um, 
she didn't like to talk much and and um it 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 was so emotive for her that um the battle must have been awful i, I although i was with her and alongside her um she she would still hide and that that's another message that that i'd really like to get out to people mm. over there is mm. don't hide anything if something is bothering you question it if if it's a flag if anything's a flag question it because if the person isn't or when the person is not there to answer the question you start making your own conclusions mm-hmm. or coming to your own conclusions mm-hmm. and i don't know about you but i don't mind read very well i, uh, I no i don't think we as human beings are very good mind readers no not, not at all we get very disappointed when people but, can't read but, our minds but you know what we are very good at mm. is we very very good at overthinking yeah very good oh outstanding and, and, the, and then also what we're also very very good at doing is denying what we actually bring to the party mm. um or denying what other people bring to the party mm. and and there's there's a difference between um seeking the the limelight for oneself and placing the shine on others mm-hmm. and that was a very important thing that that Janice did that 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 mothers are so very good at doing they're so very good at placing the shine on others mm. and, yes. and and removing the the limelight from themselves yes. and that was Janice's legacy to me is that the shine was on her children was was not only on her daughter i mean i haven't spoken about my son dale how's it dale wherever you are he's probably driving back from varsity and i hope he's not crashing my car which is driving today <laughs> um, <laughs> and um uh, you know she, she would place the shine on her children and and uh, me too I, I love the shine being on my children and and sometimes my my son made a lovely comment about me the other night. I thought it's the biggest compliment anyone could give me. He said to me, he says, "You know what, Dad? He says you're one horse short of a carriage." <laughs> Is that a compliment? <laughs> he says, "I think it's a compliment. I know it's a compliment." He says, "People don't get me." I said, uh. "Yes, because I'm a different color crayon." Uh. That's it. And you know, everybody is. We're a different. We're different color crayons, but we need all of the colors. For there to be a masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Well, it's okay. <laughs> Have you reeled the, the the kites in? No. No, no. You no, no, no. them in. I can't even reel them in because I feel like they're unfinished stories that we're going to have to continue It'll with. It'll be a pleasure. It'll it's be been a-, a pleasure having you on the show, and I think I'm going to echo the sentiments of many listeners right now. The way you've processed it, mm-hmm. um, is just incredible. So thank you for that. Nice. Thank you for sharing your story, and I know that Mother's Day on Sunday. Um, will be an honouring of Janice, an honouring of your wife. Nikki, it will be an honouring to you and to Stacey and to all of our guests or all of your guests over here. Thanks for flying me through this. Oh, thank you for flying me through it. Kevin, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I want to just leave you with a quote um, and written by Unknown, and it says, My mother gave me life and never asked for anything in return. That is her secret, you know, always giving without any expectations. She is as constant as the sunrise, the moon, the stars, and I count on her. She helps me find my way through the years and makes me laugh while doing it. There are some things only a mother can do. Happy Mother's Day for Sunday. To all of those, if it's mixed, there will be sadness, there will be joy. Be in the moment. And I look so forward to being with you next week. From me, Nikki Seberini. Goodbye.